0: Al, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you remember the first key you ever received at the first church you ever worked at? For me, it was very significant. 1984, I'd just become a summer youth worker at Page Road Baptist Church here in Durham, and I thought I was it. And so I got my first church key. And what they explained at the time was they did not have an extra key to the door that came in down the hallway. But my key was to, to the back door, which is fine with me. It was a key. I, mean, I thought I had that key. I put it on my key ring. I thought I was somebody. So the first time I ever went to the church by myself to go into the facilities by myself because I had a key. I walked around to the back door, I put my key in, I turned it. I was hoping that the whole neighborhood was watching. It was the back door so nobody could see me. I walk in the door and the door closes behind me. And all of a sudden I realized that the area in which the back door went into was a room with no windows. And as the door closed behind me in total darkness, I thought to myself, now where is that light switch? and so here I am in the dark trying to feel for the light switch Alice the only time in ministry I was injured as I hit something with my head I don't know what it was but I found the light switch and the light came on and I sang praise the Lord hallelujah note to self make note of where the light switch is for the next time well Dictionary.com, on the internet, of course. Dictionary.com defines darkness as this, simply, the absence of light. What is darkness? Very simply, darkness is nothing more, nothing less than the absence of light. Darkness means blindness. You can't see. Darkness conceals things that are there that could whack you in the head if you don't know where you're going. Darkness can uh, change everything about what you're doing, and darkness and light cannot exist in the same place at the same time. Think about that. Darkness and light cannot exist in the same place at the same time. And in fact, darkness cannot exist in the presence of light unless the light is covered up. Darkness in the Bible represents sin. And so when we read about sin and the impact of sin in the Scriptures, oftentimes it is illustrated with simply the phrase of darkness. And we all know that darkness hides and conceals and can bring fear, and sin certainly does all those things. On the other hand, there is light. Aren't you thankful today for light? The OxfordDictionaries.com defines light as this. An agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. That's what light is. Very simply, it is an agent. It is is something. It might be a wavelength. Whatever light is, it is an agent that stimulates our sight and makes things visible so that we can see what they are. Light overcomes darkness. Can I get an amen to that? Light overcomes darkness. Light eliminates darkness darkness. Darkness has to flee or run from the light and light is essential for life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And just as physical light stimulates our eyes to see physically, Jesus stimulates our spiritual heart so that we might see spiritually the light of the gospel and respond in faith. Now, I would say this. Light is powerful. Wouldn't you agree light is powerful? So so here's a question. How far can the human eye detect the light of a single candle? If it was pitch black dark, how far away could a person light a candle and you be able to see the light of that candle? Think about that for a second and, and, and just, just real quick, holler out, how far do you think that would be? Okay, I heard three answers, all right, some of you are still processing that. MIT did a study and the study uh, revealed that the human eye can detect the light of a single candle from a distance of one point seven miles. If you were to go down here to the bottom of the hill where Food Line is at Ladder Road and start there and drive down to one of me and Al's favorite places, Pizza Inn on North Duke Street, can I get A, me and Al? All right. That's about 1.7 miles. That's a long way, isn't it? And if it was pitch black dark and you had a clear shot of eyesight, if there was a candle lit from... From the, from the pizza inn, and you're standing at the food line, you could see that candle. That's amazing. Some facts about light. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. That's amazing. Light from the earth to get to the moon takes 1.2 seconds. Light from the sun to get to the earth takes 10 minutes. That's a long time at That speed, but it only takes a little bit of light to drive away a vast expanse of darkness. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and light is an ongoing theme in the Gospel of John. And we're going to look at several passages today. We're looking at Jesus as he is presented in the Gospel of John. Where, where I'm, I'm calling this series of messages, Jesus Is, and we're looking at a picture of Jesus and how He is presented in the Gospel of John, one chapter at a time. So today we're on chapter 9, and the, and the title of the message, Jesus Is the Light of the World. Let me invite you to stand with me as we read together the first seven verses of John chapter 9. And what we find here is that in healing a blind man... Jesus reveals Himself as the light of the world. Aren't you glad He doesn't just say it, but He demonstrates it? That He is able to be the light of the world. And He proved it with this blind man, and He proves it every time somebody hears and sees and believes. John chapter 9, verse number 1. And He passed by, He saw a man blind from birth. And His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world." Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Why did he come back seeing? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And our Heavenly Father this morning made the light of your word in the power of your spirit impact our hearts today and always as we turn our attention towards you. As the light of the gospel shines on us today, may we not flee to the darkness because our sins have been exposed, but may we come to the light believing that we might find forgiveness and grace and mercy because that's who you are. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, please be seated. So interestingly enough, as I mentioned, light is an ongoing theme in the Gospel of John. And today we're going to look at six descriptions in John relating to the fact that Jesus is the light. We're not going to stay just right here in John 9. We're going to start at John 1 and kind of work our way through uh, several passages in the Gospel of John because each of these sheds light on the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. I want you to notice first of all with me John chapter 1 verses 4 through 9. You're welcome to turn there in your Bibles or the words will be on the screen, but in John 1 4 through 9 we find that the light overpowers the darkness The light overpowers the darkness. Now, we've already said darkness represents sin, and Jesus is the light. So so what we can say here is that Jesus overpowers sin. Jesus overpowers the sinful one. Jesus overpowers the sin that keeps us from God. Listen, starting at verse 4 of John chapter 1. In him, that's Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world." Now, this is a passage of Scripture covered several weeks ago by Joe Yandel and Austin Tumas on a Sunday. You may have been here for that, and they each touched on the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. I want want very quickly to mention a few things that this passage points out to us about Jesus as the light of the world. I want you to notice that, that the purpose of the light is to enlighten mankind so that we might be able to spiritually see. We cannot see because the darkness of sin has, has so overpowered us that we can't see what is right and what is wrong. We're living in darkness. And so Jesus came as the light so that we might see spiritually. Darkness, in verse number 5, cannot overcome the light. I want to I say that again. I love that part. Darkness cannot overcome the light. It says verse ten on the screen, but it's really verse five there of John chapter uh, chapter one. So, so darkness cannot overcome the light. Now, depending on your translation, there's a different word there, perhaps for the word overcome. I preach using the English Standard Version, and so the word there is overcome. And it's a it's a picture there, if you will, of a contest. And the two sides are, are coming together. And there's this great contest. And so, so you've got light and you've got darkness. And no matter how often the contest takes place, darkness will never overcome the light. The light will always overcome the darkness. If you're, if you're going to pick a side, pick the side of the light because the light always wins. And so as we think about Jesus as the light coming into the world of darkness, Jesus always overcomes the, the darkness the darkness or sin can never overcome the light of Jesus Christ. If you happen to use the King James Version, a beautiful translation that so many have used over the years and such a, an accurate translation as well. In the King James Version it says, the darkness has not comprehended it. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. It's just picture that, that you, you've, got, you've, got this, you, you've got this darkness and all of a sudden light shows up and the darkness somehow looks at the light and just can't quite figure out what it is. All the darkness knows is that when the light comes, the darkness goes away. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. The the New International Version uses the word understand. The darkness cannot understand the light. The light is, is so bright and so powerful that there's no contest whatsoever. When the light comes into the room, when the light enters the scene, darkness has to flee. Do you get the point of the message here so far this morning? The word uh, darkness means overtake in the Greek language. It means to overtake or to seize or to grasp, to cease or to snuff out. And so what this passage says here in verse number 5 of John 1 is that darkness cannot overtake the light. It cannot seize the light. It cannot grasp the light. It cannot cease the light, or it cannot snuff out the light. And the picture is, even though it tries, there is nothing that darkness can do to come against or overpower or do anything to the light. Isn't that good news today? Because Jesus is the light of the world. And the light is proclaimed so that we might see and so that we might believe. It says there in verse 4, The life was the light of men. Notice that, the light of men. Secondly, I want you to notice that, that, that people prefer the darkness. When there's light and there's darkness, we, people, people everywhere, we prefer the darkness. As as crazy as that sounds, you would think that if we were wandering around in darkness and all of a sudden the light was shining, that we would say, oh, thank you for the light, and we would run to the light. But but the, the Scripture makes it clear, and our experience makes it clear, and the world we live in makes it clear that people much prefer the darkness of sin to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21 talks about this. Starting in verse 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Somebody say amen to that? Now, I've got some good amen moments in this message today. Not because I came up with them. It's what the scripture says. So, so any good amen moments, don't hesitate, okay? Amen. Thank you. Light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. It, it, it almost seems to make no sense at all. Darkness is there and the light comes and people, in, lo- in looking at both, in looking at both of those shining and, and darkness at the same time, and looking at both, people, it says, love the darkness. They loved it. They, they, they went to it. They had, they had affection for the darkness instead of for the light. Well, the light exposes. The light makes it clear. The light, listen, light shows the way. But people love the darkness Instead of the light. Why in the world would they do that? Well, it says there in verse 19. Because their works were evil. When your works are evil, you love the darkness. And when the light shines into the darkness and your works are evil, you don't want the light to shine. Verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Here here we have again the picture. There's light and there's dark, and and in the darkness people can can hide, they can do the things that that nobody else is seeing, and then they can cherish things in their heart that are ungodly and that, that are immoral and that are all kind of things, but nobody can see. Why? Because it's in the dark. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And then the light suddenly comes, And what do people want to do? They want to take and and they want to hunker down and hide. They don't want their evil deeds to be exposed by the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what this passage is saying. Verse 21 says, But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now, now in, in, in this passage, our response to the light really has to do with what we have been doing and then what we do in response. What we have been doing in the dark, we don't want the light to expose it, so we run away from the light and we hide those things. But when we come to the light, we want the light to shine on us, and we want to start doing things truthfully and start doing things after the things of God. And when we do that, then it becomes very clear Who's in the dark and who's in the light? Those in sin prefer darkness, in fact, love the darkness. And when the light shines, we each have to make a choice. Are we going to run away from the light and hide our sins? Or are we going to run to the light? And in running to the light, listen, there's an exposure of sin. The light shines so that our sins can be exposed because only in the exposure of our sins do we recognize our need for a Savior and only in recognizing our need for a Savior will we leave those sins behind and embrace the light of the world who is Jesus Christ. Al, I love that that new song we sang this morning, Amazing Grace. You ever heard that song before? (laughs) Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? Yeah, don't forget the like me part. Not saved a wretch like you, although you're a wretch too, right? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do you know what? If you say the words, saved a wretch like me, do you know what you're saying? You're saying that I was walking in the darkness of sin and when the light shined upon me, I recognized what a wretch I am in the eyes of God. And in recognizing the the wretchedness of my soul in the eyes of God, I came to the light and I found forgiveness and I found grace. And in the amazing grace was so sweet because it did what to a wretch like me? It saved a wretch like me. That's what the light can do. That's what the light does. It exposes, but it exposes so that we might be saved. Well, thirdly, Now we're in John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Following Jesus means choosing light over darkness. There's a choice. Choosing Jesus or following Jesus means choosing light over darkness. John chapter 8 verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Jesus makes it perfectly clear. There are seven I am statements in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, each one of them demonstrated with a, a miracle to affirm and confirm that what he says is true. And so here he says, I am the light of the world. And then notice, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There's, 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 no, there's no shading. There's either light or darkness. You're either in the light or in the darkness. And, and, and there's this, there's this choice. Because Jesus says, whoever follows me, whoever makes the determination in their heart and in their mind to, to, to not run from the light but to come to the light, whoever makes that choice and that decision follows after him and they walk in the light and they don't walk in the darkness. Because once you know Christ as your Savior, the darkness is gone. And the light is there. The only way, as I mentioned a few moments ago, The only way to have darkness in the presence of light is to cover up the light. Now, there are some times in your life and in my life where even though the light has shined and we've embraced the light and we're following the light who is Jesus Christ, there are some times when we still even find ourselves sinning, we cover up that light and we go engage in something that is of the darkness of of sin. And then hopefully we repent and we come back and we take the cover off the light and we go back to that light. But Jesus, it says here, he says, "I am the light of the world." There's no other light. There's no other religion. There's no other. Uh, there's no other. Faith that will get you there. There's only Jesus. He is the light. Capital T, capital H, capital E. The light of the world. He is the only light of the world. You can't run down the street to to the next religion or across the country to the next religion or across the ocean to another religion and in any way whatsoever find the light of the gospel because Jesus is the light of the world. There's no other way. And following Him eliminates the darkness. So the question is begged to be asked, are, are we followers? Am I a follower of Christ? If I'm a follower of Christ, I'm walking in the light. If I'm not a follower of Christ, I'm walking in the darkness. Are, am I a follower of Christ? Are you a follower of Christ? Are you walking in the light or are you walking in the darkness? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? It means, first of all, to profess your faith in Christ. I profess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He is the light that's come into the world, and I believe in Him. And not only to profess, but to confess. I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And then we shine by doing the works of the light. What are those works of the light? Well, basically, one of the works of the light is being baptized. I'm so thankful that, that we have regular, ongoing baptisms here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. I think it's in the bulletin that, that on February the 24th we're going to have baptism. We're going to have baptism in both services on February the 24th. That's exciting, isn't it? Somebody say amen to that. That's a good thing. Reading our Bible is an activity of the light. Uh, uh, serving and finding a place to use our gift is, is an activity of the life. Uh, giving and tithing and being good steward of the resources God has given us, that is an activity of, of living and walking in the light finding your place to serve and growing in your faith and worshiping the Lord and sharing your faith with somebody else. All of these are ways to walk in the light. Well, there's a fourth fourth, uh, passage here in John that also deals with Jesus as the light. That's John chapter 9, our passage for this morning. And in verse number 5, we find the same words that we found in John 8 verse 12. Jesus said in John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. It reminds us that time is limited. Time is limited. As long as I'm in the world, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In other words, when Jesus is out of the world, the light will have gone. Now, here's what we know two things about Jesus being the light of the world. When he came physically, as God in human form into the world, He was the light of the world. And in that, in that place, He said these words. As long as I'm here, as long as I'm with you, until the cross, until the burial, until the resurrection, He says, I am with you in the world and I'm the light of the world. Well, what about after Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended back to heaven? What about then? What about, what about now? Jesus is still in the world right now. You know that, right? Let me give you three ways He's in the world. He's in the world through His Word the Bible. And in the Bible, we find the very words of Jesus. When when I stand up here today and then I pronounce that Jesus is the light of the world, I'm not making that up. We didn't have a staff meeting this week and then take a vote. Well, is Jesus the light of the world or not? I tell you that today confidently because we have the words of Jesus. So with his word, he is in the world. And then with his spirit, he's in the world, the Holy Spirit. uh, and I think it's in Matthew, It, it says there that the Holy Spirit is given that He might convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction. And I say this often, and I'll say it again today. We ought to thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit because it tells us that where we're going is wrong and it points us to where we're going in the right way. Jesus shines today through the convicting power of His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It lets me know I'm a wretch. I don't need a a parent to tell me I'm a wretch. I don't need a, a wife to tell me I'm a wretch. I don't need my kids to tell me I'm a wretch. They've said all things about me all throughout my life. Amen? How about you? I don't need any of them. Because in my heart and in my soul, by reading God's Word and hearing the Gospel, the Holy Spirit of God worked and pointed out to me in my soul, convicted me, I am a wretch in the sight of a holy and righteous God. I have nothing. I need everything. And if He can't save me, I can't be saved. He convicts me of sin, also of righteousness. Not only of my sinfulness, but of His righteousness. And when I, when I see the righteousness of God, I know that I can in no way ever measure up I'm, I'm one of those personality traits. You, you, let me show, show me something that I want to do and tell me there's six steps to get there. I'll start checking those boxes off. I'll do this, I'll do that. I want to get there, I'll do this, I'll do that. But I can never check off enough boxes to be righteous. Guess who's righteous? God is righteous. And the Holy Spirit convicts me of how bad I am, how righteous He is, and then judgment. He who is righteous and holy is going to convict me who is wretched and sinful, and it's going to be in righteousness. I'm stuck, I'm sunk, unless he does something, and he has. And the convicting power of the Holy Spirit used through his word lets me know that there is a way, only one way, it's the only way we have, it's the only way we need, that when I believe in him, I am rescued and set free. Time is limited. He speaks through his word, through his spirit, but listen to this, and it's so important, he speaks through his followers. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants to use you to be a light wherever you happen to go. We all go to places of darkness and God wants to use us in places where people have built up a wall to His Spirit and they're not listening. Where they never open the Bible and read for themselves. God wants to use you and I to go into those places of darkness and to speak the truth for him. And when we do, the light shines in the darkness. You know what happens? People love the darkness rather than the light. And sometimes they'll run, and sometimes they'll try to cover it up, sometimes they'll try to overcome it, but they never can. Because when we speak and live the truth, the light of the gospel shines out. Time. Is limited. This also speaks of the same thing in John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36, where Jesus said, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. See, while the light is here, while we have His Word, while we have His Spirit, while we are His people, let the light shine. So, so, so that what can happen there in verse thirty-six, uh, believe in the light. Believe. The word "believe" is such a common word through scriptures. The call to us in response is not to get our not not to do some great religious thing, but simply to believe. When we believe, and He comes into our life and shines the light in our hearts, we change. We can't help but change because now we belong to Jesus. But you know, without that light, we stumble. Without that light, we might think we're doing just fine like we are. We might think that that compared to everybody else, we're doing pretty good. Compared to everybody else, we're generous, we're kind, we, we, we do nice things, we serve people. And there are lots of people in darkness that are doing lots of nice things, but they're still in the darkness. It's like it tells us in Proverbs 14 verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. There's a way that seems right. It looks like the right thing to do to check off all these boxes, but they can never measure us up to God and His righteousness. It seems like the right thing to do, but we'll never do the right thing if we're left on our own. So time is limited. We must be mindful of that. And and also notice there's a fifth passage, John chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Reminds us that stumbling occurs without the light. If we don't have the light, then at the very best, we stumble. Kind of like me walking in the door of that dark room there in the church for the first time. I was stumbling my way through. Because even though I had been in that room before when the light was on, now that the light was off and I was by myself, I did not know where I should go. And I thought I remembered it was over here or over here. And I was feeling my way around there. I was doing what I knew and what I thought was right. But I was just stumbling in the dark. And so many times, that's what people do. John chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. We stumble because we don't have the light. We stumble because we're not following after the things of Christ. We stumble in so many different ways. And and here in this passage, day and night are illustrations of, of light and darkness and illustrations of Jesus and of sin. And here's a principle we can live by. When we have the light, there's no stumbling. And when we stumble, it's because we don't have the light. Think about that and, and apply it to many different circumstances in your life. Look at, look at, look at culture through, the, through that lens, that they don't have the light. So, so are they stumbling around when they pass this law? Are they stumbling around when they make this moral judgment? Are they stumbling around when they sing this song or make this movie or have, have, this, have this, this thing, whatever it might be, out in culture? When, when these things happen, I think they're beautiful examples, terrible examples, I should say, Accurate examples of what happens when the culture doesn't have the light. People are stumbling over here, and they're stumbling over there, and they're stumbling right here, and stumbling in all kinds of ways. Why? Because they don't have the light. Then lastly, I want you to notice John chapter 12, verses 44 to 46. Jesus cried out, and he said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me but him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. And it says here that Jesus is is crying out. So there's a crowd of people. He wants to be heard. He's cried these things out. And then he cries this out with a loud voice. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Not only is the message true, but the message is proclaimed loudly. Loudly with the wonderful good news that even though you may be walking in the darkness, there is hope in the light. You don't have to stay there. That's our message. That's the wonderful message of the gospel, is that when you find yourself stumbling in the darkness and removed and doing the best you can and still pointing to the things of death and judgment, even then the light shines and you can leave the darkness and come to the light. What a beautiful message Jesus gives. What a beautiful message we have here in the gospel. Now, we all know what it's like in some form or fashion to stumble physically. And perhaps more than we would like to admit, we know what it's like to stumble around in the darkness of sin spiritually. The world that we live in is a world in darkness. The darkness of sin. And the message that we believe is the message of light that brings hope and forgiveness and that sets us free and gives us direction. I want to ask you three questions as I close today. The first question is this, how can I come to the light? If you're here today and, and we've been talking about light and darkness and Jesus and sin, and you're saying, you know what, as I look and as I listen, what I know is in my heart there is darkness, there's not any light. How can I come to the light? Well, simply stated based on the Scripture, believe belief. There's no great act that you have to perform. There's no amount of money that you have to give. There's there's no great act of service that you have to perform. There is simply the the issue of believing. We recognize that the light exposes the deeds of the darkness. And we want to come to the light. We know that when the light shines, our first urge is to turn and run because we don't want anybody to know. We don't even want God to know, but He already does. We don't want anybody to know about the things that we have in the darkness, so we want to hide them and we don't want them to be exposed. We have to resist that if we're going to come to the light. And we have to recognize the light and and, and come to Christ in repentance of our sin and in faith. Believing. Believing. So that we don't have to remain in darkness. You may be here today and you're a believer and a follower of Christ, and you know the light has shined into you. You've become, a, you've become a Christian. But how can I experience the light? How can the light of Christ continue to shine in me and continue to show me the direction I should go in? Well, simply put, it's continue to have faith, continue to follow. Continue to do the things that people in the light do. Read your Bible, pray, be a part of a church, gather together with other believers, spend time with God, and find your way, your avenue to serve and be obedient to Him. And a third question How can I spread the light? I mean, it seems like the world is just getting darker and darker. In the, in the area of sin how can I spread the light how can I do that how, I'm not a I'm not a pastor I'm not a missionary I'm not a singer I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm I'm just an average person walking down the street how can I shine the light of Christ well here's a couple of ways one is when you have opportunity in a conversation inject scripture read scripture think about scripture apply it to your own life And when you have an opportunity, when somebody says to you, there's something different about you, and if you live for Jesus, somebody somewhere will say to you, there's something different about you, what is it? You can interject scripture. You can share your story of how you came to the light. You can share about the goodness and the grace of God and what he's done to you. And you can invite that person to Jesus. You can invite them to the church. You can invite them to be a part of of his family. In fact, today I would ask this question. Is there one person... Is there one person, if you're here today and you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus, is there one person that you'd be willing to pray for that God might open their eyes to see the light of the gospel? Is there one person in your realm of influence that you can identify and pray for and look for an avenue to invite them to come to the church, to invite them to come to Jesus, to share with them an encouraging passage from the scripture. To share with them how they can become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Over the next few weeks, you'll hear us talking more and more about this question of who's your one. Who's one person you'd be willing to pray for in that regard? Well, how can, how can we be the light of Jesus that drives away the darkness of sin? One way is simply to spend time with Jesus. In Psalm 119, 105, a great verse to memorize. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, O God, is a lamp. It's a light. And when I spend time with Jesus in his word, he illuminates the way I should go. He points me to people to talk to, things to avoid, and directions to follow with my life. He does all that through his word. Then we can be open, secondly, open to opportunity. You know, so so often we feel like if I'm going to be the light, I've got to go barge in somewhere and just, like, clear the room and get everybody's attention and preach a sermon. Well, I can't do that. But what it simply means is this. Would you be willing, if God opened the door, would you be willing right where you are to be the light of the gospel in a conversation at work, in a conversation with a friend, in a conversation with somebody out in the community Would you be willing? Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. He said, You are the light of the world, us, his followers. You have the light in you, now you are the light. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. What beautiful words that we have. I invite you to stand with me this morning if you would. I wonder what God would have you do with this beautiful, simple, clear message from the scripture that Jesus is the light of the world. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm going to pray for us and after I pray, Al's going to lead us and we're going to sing a song and that's going to be your invitation To do something about what you've just experienced. To do something about what God has spoken into your life today through the music or through the message of His Word. And the question is, what is it God would have you to do? To embrace Him with faith? To determine to live for Him with your whole life? To begin some practices that have not been a part of your life? To tell somebody about the awesome experience you've had with Jesus. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, today for being the light that's come into the world. We thank you for shining the light of the gospel upon us that we might believe and receive and that we might shine the light to others. We pray that you would shine your light in us and shine your light through us into this world that so desperately needs Jesus. Be with us now as we make any decisions you lead us to make, whether they be public or private, We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.